live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Fans of all sports, of all kinds, welcome to None So Strong Boxing Podcast with Mean Gene Hill. I'm your host, T. Diddy, heavyweight boxer, and we have my co-host, Eugene Hill, heavyweight knockout artist, and EJ, a rising star in the amateur ranks. You who, know Who will beat you up. Who will beat you up. <laughs> How y'all doing? Introduce yourself, fellas. I'm doing good. EJ, and ready to get into some good topics today. Mm-hmm. Eugene? It's Eugene here, Lifestyle Flashy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so what we're going to talk about first and foremost is last week's fight. We had Gary Russell Jr. defending his, um, his light, sorry, his featherweight title and successfully. And the thing what sticks out to me the most is that right after the fight when they're asking him what he want to do in the future and what's his future plans the first thing he said was he wants to move up for the big fights he wants the big fights he wants uh he wants a rematch because he's 30 and one he only has one loss on his match on his record loma vasili lomachenko so he wants, for some reason, he wants to event. He wants to attempt to avenge that loss. I think that um, he should just let that go. I what, don't, you, what you think, EJ? Um, I think I think I think it'll be a better a good fight. I think he's. I think he know he knows what to look for now. Um, I think he's gonna get. Uh, even worse butt kicking than he got the first time. I think the first time, at least he went 12 rounds. I don't know, because they were both at 126. Since then, Lomachenko's then moved up to 130 pounds, 135 pounds. I think he has more time to get stronger, settle in at a bigger weight. So when Gary Russell, if he just makes a quantum jump, a quantum leap jump from 126, bypassing the lightweight, and go straight to 135 at lightweight. Uh, I think that he's going to see that Lomachenko is a lot stronger than he was when they both fought at 126. What you think, Gene? I don't know. I mean, I think Gary Russell going to bring that speed and power with him too. The only thing that I didn't like is that this is the first fight, and I actually know Gary Russell personally. Uh, he is a great guy. If you ever meet him, then I'm sure you'll say the same thing as I'm saying. He is a wonderful human being, very uh, generous with his time. He's uh, very affable to anyone that he knows, amicable. And... He just loves boxing. He's a boxing rat. He's a gym rat. Uh, he actually, and this is so amazing. I don't know if people know, but he actually has like two or three brothers that box. 
and they're all undefeated. And I think his daddy was a boxer. So this is a lineage of boxing from De- uh, Gary Russell Sr., Gary Russell Jr., and then all the other brothers that he have. And he got bro- – don't he, and one of his brothers a coach, one of his coaches? I his think – His dad and his brothers a coach. Yeah. And actually he gets – to the arena at like two or three o'clock, even though he's the main event. And he gets there and works the corners of all his brothers. And then he goes back and gets ready for himself. So that is pretty amazing. <laughs> it's a family affair, man. Yeah, because the thing about it, you know, on the day of your fight, you don't want to be on your feet. You don't want to be walking around. Boxers are taught to uh, don't stand up. And, you know, kind of, it's damn near like we need a wheelchair on the day of the fight. Like, you're not supposed to be on your feet much. You're supposed to be relaxing, eating, uh, sleeping, getting relaxed, getting ready for the fight. But this guy's walking around, wrapping hands, doing a ring walk, working a corner, jumping up. You know, you got to go up them stairs. So that's work on your legs for however many rounds. Go back to the dressing room after the decision and do the same thing with another brother, you know, warm him up on the hand pads, walk him to the ring, walking up and down them steps, working his corner. So he working two or three corners and then go back and relax and get ready for his world championship fight. That's what you think, EJ? That's pretty amazing, wouldn't you say? Yes, that's a lot. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even want to stand up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I want to stand up that long. Yeah, that's and, – and, and putting out the performances he's putting out. Now, the one knock on Gary Russell is that he has what I call the Floyd Mayweather syndrome. He only fights once a year. And – people are wondering when will ring rust catch up with him because fighting once a year is like – very inactive for a boxer, very inactive. The only person who has pulled that off successful is Floyd Mayweather Jr. In uh, some kind of way, every time he fights, he looks great and the ring rust doesn't show. So I asked him when I see him in New York, I asked Gary Russell, I'm like, man, what are you, are you following the Floyd Mayweather strategy? Like, are you making your fights like a Super Bowl, a one – you know, one time a year event, so you think more people gonna watch it because they they know they can only see you once a year, like the Super Bowl. And he was like, "Nah, man, I think he told me that um, he told me that it's a money thing. He's saying that um, you know, for the money they paying him, and in between fights, he's not gonna take lesser money just to you know crank out one or two extra fights. So to keep his price range where he wants his price range he only fights once a year and that was kind of sad to me because as a fan as a boxer you want fighters to be active you want him to have several title defenses and the once a year thing it just doesn't work for me the only way it worked for me with Floyd is because he was older and once you get close to 40 and okay we say less less wear and tear but when you see a young lion like Gary Russell, you know, 20-something or early 30s, whatever, you know, you want them working. You want them going. You don't want them sitting on the shelf and only coming out 
once a year to dust off his skills. Luckily, he's a gym rat because of the fam. It's like a family affair, a family business, and he's always training his brothers, and he, you know, consequently trains himself. But um, he he didn't show no ring rust last weekend. I would say that was the worst fight I ever seen of Gary Russell, though. If I compare it to all the other Gary Russell performances, he did win it. But he didn't look sensational the way he always looked. In my opinion, if you go back and show me a fight that he looked better, like less than he looked last weekend, then I'll be very surprised. I'm used to seeing him... The hand speed, the power, the knockouts. He's a knockout artist also with the right hook. He's also a knockout artist. So it's not just a hand speed thing. He would get you out of there. He's mean. He has a mean streak. You know, he's a fighter like kind of like a Lomachenko in that way with a mean streak or like a Terrence Crawford. Like they have skills to box you and win without taking any punishment. But for some reason, which is a very good reason, they they prefer to go forward and apply their apply their skills to search for a knockout, even in the event that they put themselves in harm's way. Didn't he call out somebody? Uh, yeah, he called out first. He called out Lomachenko because he only has one loss on his record, and that's Lomachenko. A lot of people only have one loss on their record, and, and that's Lomachenko. So. Lomachenko is being called out, which brings me to my next subject, the lightweight division. I don't know if fans are realizing, but the lightweight division might be the most exciting division as right, like right now to this day, as of date. Just think about who's in the lightweight division and think about the matchups they're in the lightweight division. You have Devin Haney. Devin, the dream, Haney. I like Devin Haney a lot, and mostly because of the snack program. I don't think people that apply to the snack program can be beat. I mean, unfortunately, Julian Williams was beat, but before that, I mean, he looked great knocking out uh, – Jerry Heard. He so looked, who, who, who do you think out there can whoop Devin Haney right now? A lot of people. I think that, uh, first of all, the who? person who he keeps calling out, Lomachenko, would be him. I think Devin That's Haney. That's the reason why he's what, calling out Lomachenko, man. You, uh, What's the did reason? Did you see Lom, uh, Devin Haney call uh, Adrian Broner? Oh, yeah. And, and I like that call out, but I didn't like. Adrian Broner's response to ask for twenty million dollars when you haven't done anything lately is a slap in the face. That's that's what boxers call running. That's the way you run in boxing. Instead of saying I don't want to fight you or I'm scared to fight you, you just overprice yourself. You price yourself out of the fight. I don't think I don't think Adrian Broner's scared. I think he just think. That he deserves that much. Why? Money. Why? Tell me why. Because I don't think he's scared to fight nobody. I'm saying, why does he think that he deserves twenty million dollars? <laughs> That's I don't know. That's what has just he like done? just like just like when he think he won that fight with Pacquiao. 
He just oh. got. So I he's. Mean, I, don't, I don't think. Some, I don't think he's. I don't think he's scared to fight nobody. He didn't been in there with. Pacquiao. With, with some, he's scared. He's running scared. Nah. I don't think that man wants to I fight. Think, I think. I think he know he might lose. So he gonna. He wanna. He want the reward to be great. Well, that is. That is a coward's way, and that is very reprehensible. Uh, you get what you deserve, and fair is fair. Don't overprice yourself just to get out of a fight. You know dang well. You ain't even make $20 million to fight Pacquiao. So how in the world are you going to get $20 million to fight Devin Haney when we all just – Barely heard of Devin Haney one or two fights ago. Like he hasn't even done anything in boxing. Who, who he, else you thinking with Devin Haney? Tank. Right now, huh? Tank El Tanke. You think Gervonta? Tank, you think Tank be Devin yes, Haney? Gervonta. Tank, Tank Davis. Look, Tank look like crap. His last performance, yeah. man. Yeah, a lot. I mean, you can't judge a person by one performance. Yeah, you but judge he not, a person he not, hey, by a body of I'm, I'm work. Looking at, I'm looking at the way Devin Haney make weight and the way he take his, his craft serious. Well, you got to think about it. Hold on, let's, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He lost on a scale. Hold like, on, but let's, let's talk about the weight, make weight. So Devin Haney has been complaining that it's very hard for him to make weight. But he's making it. He's making it through rigorous and grueling Ways he's with snack, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the advantage, man. I just want to give a shout out to snack and know they're not a sponsor of mine. Snack program is amazing. Is and it like condition? I see, yeah. I see, I see him like going there and doing man, stuff. If, if you man, see anybody with a snack shirt, just don't even fight him. He's disciplined. I'm not see, fighting nobody from snack. I don't see Tank Davis. I, you know what? I see Tank Davis losing. Oh no, 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 no! Tank Davis ain't never gonna lose. If that, that, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. The oh, only way he'll lose, he'll be just like Adrian Broner. He gonna start off hot, but then he, he don't. I don't know. He the only, lose. only way he'll lose is if he move up to 140 pounds. 135 has to be his limit because of his height. Skill wise, I wish he can. If he was as tall as Adrian Broner. He can move up like Adrian Broner, like to all the way to 47. But being his lack of height, there's no way he's going to – because look at Regis at 140 when he fought Josh Taylor. Taylor looked so much taller and longer, and that's just 40. That ain't even 47. And there are absolute beasts at 147. This new guy named – is it Fasty? Yes. Did, yeah. Is it Jaron Ennis? That's his name or whatever it is. We're gonna get back to so y'all with I the real you. name. Yeah. But oh my well, well, wait God. Well, One forty seven. Please, everyone, vacate the division. Go down to forty or go up to fifty four. But if you don't wanna get beat up or nah. what I call it, a public execution. Get away from 147. There's a new monster in the division. He He is a monster. Hey, Sean Porter, Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford. Keith, I I think a bunch of people. He fast. I'm not taking nothing away from him, but 
He'll get exposed. Oh no. I seen him get I seen I seen his oh, highlight no. show today. Remember I showed you? He's yeah. so good. He's so good. He he the caught. best thing since sliced bread. Nah, he he'll get he'll get exposed. It's time to put him on the pound for pound rankings, and he don't even have a title. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is amazing. He is must see TV. He is. See, you gotta see him t- waiting until he fights somebody. Somebody with a name. I just feel sorry for whoever he fight. I mean, he beat the last guy. He beat that guy up. Look up his name for me. Make sure I got it right. EJ gonna be my statistician. I need to find out this guy. I'm I'm guessing. I'm throwing the name out there, Jerron Enos. But I want to make sure because, man, what a fight! This guy is absolutely amazing. And um, the reason I didn't know it because he wasn't even the subject of topic. I don't even know how we got on the welterweights, but yeah, that guy is amazing. So stay away from 147. Anyone who don't want their face cracked. So back to let's get back down to old 135. Uh, Tank Davis, I think I know I'm overusing this word, but what an amazing fighter! So gifted, so talented, but lazy. Uh, maybe a little lazy, but how many times? How many times he he haven't made weight on the scale? Twice. But really once, because the one when he didn't make it, he came back and made it, I think, if I'm correct. I know they give you two hours to make weight. Three times. Three times? Yeah, he he, he, he hasn't made weight three times. He, one time he got stripped up his side, the other two times he came back and made it. Made yeah, yeah, he came back and made those weight, though. So you can't say he didn't make weight. Man. If you overweight and they say you got two hours to make the weight and you come back two hours and you make weight, Two years later, we gonna say you didn't make weight. He made He's not weight. Not disciplined, man. Did you see how he was taking rounds off the last fight? He looked. Listen, he was tired. I would not judge a man by one bad performance. I would never do that. That's why, just like when I'm judging uh, an all-time great, I judge a guy by his prime. I don't judge a guy like that's kind of how how. Uh, uh, Andy Reeves, man, he came in 15 pounds heavy, and now he's begging for a third fight. Andy Reeves is a disgrace to boxing. I don't think he deserves a third fight just because no, just because he no, came in. They're gonna in use heavy. him as cannon fodder for the heavyweight division. Uh, they're trying to get him for um, Dylan White. They trying to what Eddie Hearns is gonna do is like okay, this a guy I think he'll be Dylan White, and that's gonna be the problem and. That's why I want that fight, because either Dylan White's going to beat him, which I don't care too much for injuries, or injuries going to whoop Dylan, who I really just cannot stand. So I'm thinking either way, whoever loses, I'll be happy about that fight. So Eddie Hearns, is, he has a stable of heavyweights. So what he's going to do with uh, injuries is he's going to say, you know what, I didn't get you two paydays with Joshua. Now I'm going to let you fight all my other heavyweights. And hopefully they all going to beat you and just come. But if you win, beat all of them, then I'll give you another fight with Joshua. So, he'll, be, he'll beat who? Dylan White and who else? Uh, He got Usyk. Alexander Usyk. He has uh Dylan White. Rashidi Ellis. That's his name. 
Oh, Ellis. That's you talking about? Yeah, let me see this guy. Rashidi Ellis. Let's see. Yeah, that's him. He had Ellis on his trunks. Yeah. No, no, not this guy. Let me see. Oh, sorry, y'all. They thought that's I was him. talking about somebody else. That's him. Nuh-uh, that's not the guy I'm talking the about. The new dude, right? Nuh-uh, that ain't Little the guy. The last dude is strong. Yeah, not that's that him. dude. This dude, uh, he fought on TV, and um, he fought a guy, a Russian guy. Uh, and they stopped him in the second round. Like, he was just beating the dude senseless. I think he dropped him two or three times in the first round. And hmm. then the second round, he was just hitting the guy so much. Hmm. What's his name? What she said his name was? I thought it was Jerron Ennis. Uh-uh, that's him. No, 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 no. This the guy I'm talking about. I beat the crap out of that guy right there. So, it is, boxing is looking great right now. Boxing is on the up and up. It is so many talented fighters, so many new fighters, and that we just have great, I mean, it's just going to be wonderful for boxing. Uh, one lightweight that we did forget to talk about was Tiafimo Lopez. The first thing is I love his name, Tiafimo. I mean, God, you ever seen a name like that? Reminds me Calling of Lomachenko. <laughs> now he's gonna fight Lomachenko. They already got that fight. I was already si- Yeah, yeah, that fight is already done. Who gonna win? Lomachenko. Lomvisili Lomachenko. I think so much. He of might his- get stopped. Huh? I think he might get stopped. Who Lomachenko? No, Lopez. Tiafimo. I don't know, man. I've you know, I'm ambivalent. But then again, uh, Tia Fimo does hit hard, and then we've seen Lomachenko go down. Man, Tia Fimo, people need to stop sleeping on Tia Fimo Lopez. People been doubting this guy his entire career, and all he's done is produce knockout highlight reel, knockout of the year type. KOs and win every fight that he's been in. And if you if you research him a little further on YouTube and you see all the people that he sparred against, he sparred against all the world champions and top contenders and held his own. So and he fights out of a shoulder roll. So he's a Mexican that fights out of a black style, a black fighter style. Very, very, very dangerous. He he knocks you out, and then he does a Heisman pose. He does a backflip in the ring, so he still has loads of What's energy. He, you talking about the little dude? Uh, what a fade! He wore a fade haircut. Uh, Mexican? Yeah. Yeah. Tia Fimo. What a name! What weight class? Tia Fimo Lopez. One thirty-five. One thirty-five. He is very, very, very dangerous. I feel he, he bad. Artist, right? He's a yeah. he's a knock you dead puncher. I would like to see him in tank fight. Oh my god! Oh my god! That'd be an exciting fight. This is oh my god! Boxing is just fight fans of all kinds in all sports. Be prepared, twenty twenty, for the most exhilarating fights. There's so much talent in boxing right now that if the big fights are made, 
I'm just gonna sit back, order pay-per-view, and get my popcorn ready. There are so many matches that will will go down in history, I think. Like Hagler Hearns type, Ray Leonard and, and Tommy Hearns and Ali and uh Joe Frazier and I mean Wilder and Fury. Wilder and Fury. That is a fight coming up this month. Next weekend. Next, is it that close? Not this weekend, but next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Bone Squad! Boo! <laughs> Tyson, oh, Tyson Fury will, will, will beat him. Buddy. Who are you? Who are but, you? Hey, if, Who are you? If not, if not, <laughs> if not, hey, real Mark Calder now. Tyson Fury will beat him by decision. If not, he might catch him with one of them old, old, flurry little shots and 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 hurt him. In the late rounds, though, in the late rounds, Tyson Fury predicted that he will knock out Deontay Wilder in two rounds. He got back with the uh, Crunk Gym uh, mm-hmm. trainer, my boy. What's that, uh, Manuel Man, uh, Stewart's son, or what is, who was is that? Uh, I don't know if he's related to Emmanuel Stewart, but he's definitely one of his protégés. He, he was a trainer under the late, great Emmanuel Stewart. My boy, Sugar Hill. Now, I have a little personal story of Sugar Hill. Uh, I fought in, uh, I was finna say Johannesburg. That sounded like Africa, but it was something similar to Johannesburg, but it's someplace in Tennessee, in uh, Johnson City, I think. Maybe that was it. I fought in Johnson City, uh, Tennessee. I think that's where it was. And um, I needed my gloves tied. My trainer wasn't in the uh, locker room with me. And who did I see? My boy, Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill, even though he wasn't working with me, he didn't know me. See, this the this the story behind it. He's working. He was training one of my best friends in boxing, a guy who I actually fought in boxing. Like normally, you never see a fighter. You're never friends with somebody you fought in the ring. Every once in a while, you'll see that happening, like Otero uh, Gotti and Mickey Ward. Or something like that. And even more currently, like Deontay Wilder and uh, Malik Scott, who I think mm-hmm. took a dive. But um, you, rarely, you very rarely see that um, fighters that actually have competed against each other in such a brutal sport emerge as friends and adversaries. Well, me and Charles Martin... Prince Charles Martin, as he likes to be called, are very, very good friends. We fought in L.A. Uh, we fought uh, in Los Angeles. In Cal- no, I'm sorry. It was in California, but it wasn't in L.A. And um, after the fight, we became very good friends. I mean, he, was, he respected me and what I've accomplished in boxing. I respect him and what he accomplished in boxing. And moving on from the fight with me, 
he he had a chance to compete for the heavyweight, the IBF heavyweight championship of the world against um, what was that guy's name? I it's a Russian guy, but when he was fighting the guy, the guy ended up twisting his knee and went down from a knee injury, and bam, my boy Prince Charles Martin went laid it down with them tight shorts on. <laughs> was champion of the world. He went laid it down with them tight shorts on. So then his next fight was Anthony Joshua. And a fight that he was paid $6 million to compete in. I walked this earth like a god. I walked this earth like a god. I I still tell him to this day. I still tell him, man, I think that was the best line you ever said. And he always busts out laughing when I tell him that. But, yeah, man, if you got to go, at least go talking smack. So, I, I like the way he approached the whole situation. So, Prince Charles Martin, after he uh, fought Anthony Joshua, he was uh, unfortunately knocked out in two rounds. <laughs> but he was $6 million richer. So, right after he left... Uh, from fighting Anthony Joshua, he went to Brazil because it is a dream of most African-American men to go to Brazil. Uh, And most of us don't have the opportunity or the chance or the finances or the time to make that from a dream into reality, but he did. So he went to Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, and had a great time. And as soon as he left Brazil, where does he come? Doom, doom, doom. Right to Houston to my house. He came to my house and we hung out. He stayed at my house. I showed him around Houston. I took him to the boxing gym. I showed him my gym. He met some people. We had some fun, went to some restaurants. And I showed him, he met a lot of my friends this, this, and that, but we became very, very good friends after we fought. So, often you don't see that in boxing. So what do you got coming up? So he is fighting under, he is the co-main event for the Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 2 rematch. Who he fighting? He'll be fighting Gerald Washington. Oh, okay. He asked me to come to camp, which would have helped me because I have a fight uh, March the 7th but I don't have, I just felt like I shouldn't travel anywhere and focus on my fight. Because one, I could have went to camp with Charles Martin and got myself in shape for my fight. And two, I wanted to go to the Wilder Fury rematch fight because I was at the first fight. So I wanted to see that you, so rematch. You, so you watched, so you watched uh, Fury beat Wilder and got robbed for the... Uh... No, for the, for the, uh, I didn't. You know, I actually haven't seen draw. that. I haven't seen that fight. The uh, unanimous split draw. The, what was it? Unanimous <laughs> split draw. Uh, how they call it? It was, it was crazy, it was man. A majority draw. Majority draw. But you know, I I actually fought. I was the fight right after Fury and Wilder, so I couldn't really get out there and watch it because I was the next fight up. 
So I was watching it from my locker room on the big monitor screen that they had in our locker room. So I'm trying to warm up and watch the fight and warm up and watch the fight and I'm hitting the hand pads and I'll turn and look at the TV. And so I seen the fight in spurts and to this day, I still haven't rewatched that fight. So I have never seen the Wilder Fury fight round by round by round. Man. I just seen bits and pieces when Wilder, I looked at the Wilder, monitor. Wilder got out work, man. I have to I have to watch it. I haven't, I haven't seen it. They just going off the, the two rounds. And then the first round, the first time he dropped Fury, Fury got up and won that round. I didn't see Fury it. got up and won that round. What I did see the second time as I was Fury, warming up was that twelfth round. Yeah, he he got. I started looking at the screen. I was looking at the monitor when I was throwing the punches, and boom! Oh my god! (laughs) I was like, "Oh, it's over! It's over! It's over!" I was in the locker room. EJ, EJ, let me see water. Show show Tuffy water defense. <laughs> you see how he be blocking? He, he don't on, have no defense. EJ, show me that. When he's doing that kiss, baby, that was the kiss did of death. See, did you see when he got? Well, did it you was see over, face? Baby. You saw Wilder face when and, Fury got up. Man, he was like the Undertaker. I was like, it's over, and I stopped looking at the screen. And somebody said, "Hey, look, he's moving," and I looked back. <laughs> yeah, he's moving, and man, it was like rise. It was like the undertaking. And I said, I stopped hitting the hand pads. I said, what the? I could not believe this man got. I mean, I couldn't so, I couldn't even hit the hand pads. So no what, what's, your, what's your predictions on this rematch? Wilder by KO. What round? Early or late? Uh, I get Fury by eight rounds. Eight rounds? Wilder knocking out by the eight. You I think say so? by the eighth round, yeah. Man, Fury said. Fury said. He said two during the first round. During the first fight, I man. I mean, think about this, man. He he dropped a lot of weight. He was out for a while, and he came I, back. I and do he gave, agree that Fury's gonna be a lot better than he was in the first fight. He said, "Man, I just." I say he that. said, "I was, I was, I was out of shape. His body I, is I fit. He fight fit." He said, "I could not pull the trigger that first fight with Wilder." He said, "I seen where I had where I could have jumped on him and just." Hit him with flurry punches and Wilder would have just been taking him. He said, man, I could not pull the trigger with Wilder. He said, I seen Wilder tired. He said, but I was tired too. He said, this fight, no excuse. He will stop Wilder. I he, hope you do. He said it, but Fury, you got rid of Ben Davidson. That was the first, that was the first way you messed up. That's a young guy, right? Kind yes. of a young trainer. How do you get rid of now, if you would have just brought Sugar Hill, I love Sugar Hill. I love Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill, I seen you when you had John St. Pierre, somebody who y'all tried to pay me to come spar, and which I would like to fight now if you're listening, Sugar John Hill. John St. Pierre. Yeah. He's the and guy that Ariella fought after Ariella fought me. Okay. He was uh, 18 and 0, like 16 knockouts or something, Southpaw. Black, black heavyweight. So, uh, I love Sugar Hill. That's my boy. And I can't even discuss why he's my boy. But he did some things for me for that fight. And, man, 
He didn't even know me. The only way he knew me is because I say, hey, man, you trained my boy, Charles Martin. And that's what broke him. That, like, broke the ice for him to speak to me freely. It's not like I just seen him in the locker room and say, hey, Sugar Hill, and start talking to him. I, I spoke to him, and I name dropped. I say, I see you training my boy. I see y'all all the time, blah, blah, blah. He told me, holla at you. And that kind of let his defense, his defenses down to me. And he like, oh, you know Charles? I was like, yeah. And then, boom, we ended up, he ended up actually tying my gloves for that fight and uh, warming me up. So I had the Sugar Hill crunk knockout warmer, and I went out and knocked the dude clean up. So I like Sugar Hill. But I don't like the fact that Tyson Fury canned his trainer, Ben Davidson, who got him to this point, you know, brought him back from his depression and his mental illness and all this, and then you just dropped the man. They're actually 4-0 together. They're never lost, or Fury's undefeated. But, you know what I'm saying? Everything is good, and then you just fire him. So you think that was a bad a bad move on his yeah. part? That was very bad. You think, it's gonna, you think it's gonna show in this fight? No, it don't matter who trained them. It don't matter who trained them. Why they gonna knock him out regardless. <sighs> but it was just so disloyal and dysfunctional because if he would have said, okay, I want a new set of eyes or I want a more aggressive style and I want that crunk right hand and try to knock him out, he could have brought Sugar Hill in as a additional trainer. It's like you could have had Ben Davidson and Sugar Hill. There's a lot of fighters that have two trainers or bring in a trainer to help, but they keep their normal trainer. They don't just totally kick their normal trainer to the curb. And now... Ben Davidson has nothing but good things to say about Fury, even though Fury fought him. He still, if I watch every interview that's, that's, after that's, that, that's real. He and he and he still wants Fury to win. Most people be like, ah, oh, that 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 person left me. Like like Danny, out. like Danny Jacobs' trainer did. He kind of yeah. he kind of went yeah. with Danny Jacobs. He's like no, and even Fury in his interview he did three days ago. He said that he still texts Ben Davidson every day. So they still friends. Well, why you ain't let me get none of that check? Hey, so what was his reasoning? <laughs> what was his reasoning for firing him? You know, he never got specific on the reason. Because he got busted up pretty good against Otto Wadden fight in the Otto Wadden fight. Yeah, whose fault was that, though? Hmm. If you get busted up, you gonna go blame blame your trainer? I mean, I would. That's I would think as a fighter, first and foremost, I'm gonna blame myself because I'm the one out there fighting. Now, if my trainer been missing days in the gym, or we ain't do we supposed to do thirty minutes pass, and he only did ten minutes pass, or like if he actually did something wrong. Then, yeah, I'll be like, man, my trainer, he ain't prepare me to his best ability or, or what I seen was sufficient. But if my trainer prepares me and I'm in shape and 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 I go out there and make a stupid decision, I'm going to blame me. I'm not going to blame, like, like with let's just say, like, with the Regis Prograde fight. And since he went out there to London, 
I flew all the way to London to go see this fool fight. And as soon as he lost, they all was like, man, he need to fire Bobby and them. He need new trainers. And, you know, might be some truth to that. Might not. But, you know, that, the trainers are the first to go. And I would say is, okay, Regis kept his training. Why? Because he blamed himself for, okay, whatever went wrong. I'm, now, if they not giving you no good instruction, and me, I really don't even need, I mean, I can't compare everything to myself, but I don't even really need that much instruction in the corner. I really just, once I get to the fight, it's on me. I just need to be trained and prepared and conditioned before the fight. When you, you get me to the fight and you wrap my hands, and you tie my gloves, that's pretty, man, just give me water between the rounds. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's what I need. It's good to have that access to the eyes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can, you can, um, you can say things, a good trainer, like you say, you can see things and say, yo, look, he coming with this and you need to do this. And I'm like, you right, yeah. And then what it does is it reaffirms what I think because I was thinking like, man, I need to jab more. And then if I go to the corner and, and my trainer's like, you know what, you need to work that jab, work that jab move. And I was like, I was just thinking I should jab more. I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right. So it's like confirmation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm panicking. I, I, where's the uh, Wild and Fury fight going to be at? Vegas? Las Vegas. Uh, Sin City. Okay. You know, first fight was in L.A., Staples Center. Shout out to the Lakers. Shout out to my boy, Kobe Bryant. We were in L.A. at the Staples Center. But this one will be in uh, Sin City, Las Vegas. I can't wait to the outcome. Everything that happens in Vegas lot, stays in Vegas. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, uh, only thing we're going to have to talk about is you're going to say, T. Diddy, you were right once again. And I should never go against you in boxing predictions. We need that's, to put, some, we need to put some. We need to put some push-ups on this one. How many push-ups you want to put on? Fit to the fit to the fit to the hard way. I say on this we should put. If you want to do some push-ups, we should bet three hundred push-ups in thirty minutes. All right, that's a deal. You want to get in on this, CJ? That's a deal. Yeah. Who who you going for, AJ? Wilder. Thank you. Oh, you on this side then? Yeah, there we go. That's my boy. <laughs> but we so we we have the uh, we have the predictions out there. We have the Wilder and Fury, February twenty second. We'll be talking about it again next next Thursday because it'll be that following Saturday. But this week, look out for Ryan Garcia. He's fighting on Valentine's Day, Friday. Uh, and on the undercard, they have Jorge Lenores. And the, what they're setting, what Eddie Hearns is setting up is if Ryan Garcia wins, Jorge Lenores wins, he's going to have Ryan Garcia fight Jorge Lenores next fight. And that'll be his step-up fight before he start fighting the likes of Tank Davis and Devin Haney and uh, Lomachenko and things of that nature. So that's the plan. That's this weekend. 
And uh, you can follow us on. Um, make sure all everyone subscribe to our YouTube channel, A None So Strong Boxing, on YouTube to get all the latest videos that we drop and audios. Uh, if you have Facebook, follow our boxing group at None So Strong Boxing on Facebook groups. Uh, what can they follow you at, Eugene Jr.? Follow me on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter at I am Eugene Hill. I A M E U G E N E H I L L, all together. Okay, I am Eugene Hill. Where you follow you at, Big G? Uh, you can just follow EJ. <laughs> EJ I'll pass get you EJ the big the torch. Yeah. yeah, EJ get you me, the big uh, Make sure everyone follow me on uh, Instagram at Boxing T Diddy. We're out. This See is, you next week. This is None So Strong Boxing. And remember, <laughs> anything in life, just keep punching. See you next time.